What in the fuck is with fridges? We live in this cold climate. It's minus 30 for like six months of the fucking year. And we heat the houses. And then inside of it, because it's warm inside the houses, we refrigerate our and freeze our food. Why don't we just knock a hole in the back wall, knock a little hole in the fridge, and have some vents? And then just, it's free, not even energy. It's the lack of energy. And you just, and when it gets too warm or when it starts getting too cold in there, the vent closes. And then when it starts warming up in there, the vent opens and it keeps everything cold for like a fraction of the heating cost. We're so worried about saving the fucking planet and reducing fuel consumption and all of this stuff. And we literally have everything we need at our fingertips. And that's not even to speak of industrial refrigeration. You could just lift open the top on those giant industrial refrigeration fucking buildings and just let in a bunch of cold air and then just close it again and you're good to go for a week probably or whatever. But the point is, is you just got to go let some let some cold air in and you're good. But we don't do that. That's because twos, don't you know about this thing called global warming? I mean, it was literally raining like two days ago, there's no, there's no, there's no opening up. All the food would go back. Obviously, it's not going to work in times like the summer, for example, right? But that's why you close the vents, and then you can kick in the actual refrigeration. We got people that can't remember how to pump up a tire or where their their uh, their energy for a battery comes from, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think they're figuring this one out. Hey, it matchup eighty-eight. Seem, hopefully, it hopefully it doesn't end up like this. Hey, dead on arrival, old Eric. Lindros. Hopefully that's not how this one turns up. You never know. All right. Well, I think never this know. one's going to turn out better because we got somebody even better. Well, that's true. Introducing the one and the only uh, Tarek Elnaga. Thank you for uh, hopping on. Oh, thanks for having me, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, that's no, uh, he's not laying down on the edge. We're, you know, I hate to throw Tarek under the bus right off the hop, but I'm like, do you know who the big E is? Well, the Big E was a superstar, and here on Mashup 88, every once in a while, we give a little bit of a hockey reference, and he absolutely got KO'd by... who did he get KO'd by? Uh, I don't even remember, Tuesday. to be honest. Mr. Wait. Stevens! Like, Killer Stevens from the New York, New Jersey Devils. Oh, my God. Boo! That was a, that was a, big, that was a big hit. Anyways, Mashup, Mashup 88. Nobody cares. All right. I got two people looking at me. I'm like, it's Mashup 88, Big E! No? You only get to do this I mean, for we, like we, 10 we, more. I was already talking about this last week. 11 okay? more. 11 more. Which, or two weeks ago, which was our actual Either way, 88. awesome to have Tarek on. Uh, how about this? It was this? actually uh, our 90th episode, Tarek. No, it's 88. <sighs> Mashup 88. Fuck off, twos, with your, oh your whole, God. like, yeah, we're 90. Yeah, keep trying to doctor the books, you fucking okay. liberal. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. This this doctored uh, mashup eighty eight brought to you by Alan Huco and uh, Cactus Environmental. Uh, they've been in business for almost thirty years, providing environmental consulting, assessment, and monitoring for pre construction, construction, reclamation, and spills. And uh, no worries if that sounds boring and maybe uh, like oh, like and that sounds like no fun. And Alan's words, no, he's trying to put some reclamation is really interesting. He's trying to put the common sense in environmental works. That's I, 
I'm just trying to. He, Alan's the boss, man. He's a great dude. But when it comes to him, everything environmental right now, I think my eyes go in the back of my head. I'm like, ooh. Oh, dude, there's there's a lot of science and a lot of planning and all that stuff that goes into reclamation. I'm not saying that. You got three, say, le three, three levels the, of the vegetation. The word has been dude. commandeered, man. Environmental. It's hey. been reclaimed. If <laughs> alan.cactus at sastel.net or give him a call 306-821-7541 for the podcast listeners i'll toss it in the show notes sport alan alan is uh, a badass i met him in the middle uh, i said this last week i'll say it again i met him in the middle of covid at the first ever protest i think i ever went to which happened in neilberg saskatchewan of all places so there you go any thoughts before we get rolling boys uh, you know what? Yeah, I get it. Environmental has been a word that's been tossed around um, and it's been bastardized, kind of like racism. Like people throw that word around and I'm like, it's lost all meaning. Lost uh, meaning. Two it's solution to global of, warming, get rid of refrigerators. <laughs> refrigerators. It's to incorporate the actual, like when you're in Iceland, lots of their power is geothermal. Because you're acting like you can speak common data. sense to these people and yeah. they will go along with it. Have you learned nothing? There's just a shutter. Cold air coming in. Oh, yeah. it's getting a little bit too cold. It's getting close to zero. Close it. Oh my God. Vance Crow's Vance even chiming in. For the first time. You weirdo Canadians. Well, shout out to Vance uh, Crow. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you, happy supposed to Christmas, Vance. He was supposed to come uh, on for the uh, Festivus matchup, and he ghosted us. So I don't even know why we give him a shout-out at this point. Um, okay. Shall we start? Shall we start? What about second vacation? This comes... Now, hold on to your hats, folks. I got a, I got a little bit of reading to do here. Everybody was chiming in on this one. Global News will start there. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's office is clarifying that he and his family are vacationing in Jamaica at no cost at a location owned by family friends after initially saying family was paying for their state. The Prime Minister's office said in a statement on Wednesday that the Federal Ethics Commissioner was consulted on these details prior to the travel to ensure that the rules were followed. The office offered the clarification the day before Trudeau's holiday on the Caribbean island is set to, uh, as it was set to conclude. He's there with Sophie and uh, the three kids. Then the National Post chimed in saying, over the holidays, the Prime Minister stayed in a private compound at a luxury oceanfront resort in Jamaica that rents for over 9300 per night that was provided to him and his family at no cost by longtime friends. The resort is owned by family friend Peter Green, a businessman with ties to Trudeau's family. The CBC chimed in saying the Canadian, well, no, then added an article. The Canadian Armed Forces was forced to send a second plane to Jamaica this week after the military aircraft that brought Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to the Caribbean island for a family vacation because it became unserviceable. And uh, the spokesperson for the Department of National Defense confirmed the two Royal Canadian Air Force CC-144 Challengers traveled to Jamaica, quoted the first aircraft that transported the Prime Minister Party became unserviceable after time. In an emailed response, the second aircraft brought a maintenance team to repair the aircraft and remained in the area as backup for the Prime Minister's departure. Finally, the Toronto Sun Added the location, the Prospect Estate in Jamaica is owned by the Green family, who have been close to the Trudeaus for years. It's un unclear if he stayed in the great house of this former sugar plantation, which once boasted as many as 162 slaves, or in the one of the homes such as Frankfurt. Either way, it comes with a hefty price tag. Folks, there you go. Okay, so he stayed at a resort, which would have ran a tab of $84,000, 
but they said, oh, no, no, don't worry about it. It's free. Okay. Uh, Snatch, one of the best movies of all time. You know, when Frankie fucking Four Fingers goes to Boris the Blade to get a gun because Boris the Blade's Russian cousin sent him there after they stole the giant diamond? Correct. Okay. And he says, how much do you want for it? And Boris goes, nothing. And he says, okay, what do you want for it? That's exactly what the fuck is going on. Nobody just gives people $84,000, especially people who definitely don't need the fucking money. Okay. So now the question is, is what weird law is going to get passed in to help out with the hospitality industry? Because this, this guy's a hotel mogul, maybe something like cracking down on Airbnbs in Canada. Oh wait, that's kind of happening. Isn't it? I wonder if there's going to be anything else. It just makes me extensively curious. And people on the left are trying to say, well, look, you guys are mad because he's spending all this taxpayer money. And then one time he doesn't, you guys are mad at him anyways. You guys are just going to be mad at him no matter what. I would say that I would be a little bit goddamn curious if somebody just walked up to Pierre Polyev and handed him an envelope with $84,000 cash in it. And that's not being partisan. Yep. Yep. And and here's the thing. Um, what will it take uh, for Toronto to turn on Trudeau? So he's been at this for eight years, very lavish vacations. Every single one comes with an ethics scandal. And yet they voted for him not once, not twice, but three times. So the thing is, he's like, you know what, if I'm on my way out and polling shows that I'm on my way out, I might as well just enjoy the spoils. Uh, I might as well enjoy the spoils of what Toronto has given me, the private vacations, the private jets, um, all expenses paid. Um, and also pull the, pull the tapestries off the wall as you're running from the palace. Exactly. And the connections that he's going to make post office too as well. So the thing is, I, I blame him as, as much as like, hey, if someone's going to hand you all this wealth on a platter, you're going to say, no, no, I don't want it. Um, he's just using it and, and continuing to say, I really couldn't give a shit. I do admire his... Um frivolous nature when it comes to anything of consequence like i don't really give a shit about much of this stuff. yeah well no but you know what i mean like it's it's just sort of i i don't know i i love how carefree he is here's the thing i was reading the articles and i'm like listen um the heat pumps with the twenty two thousand dollar incentive freaking worked they went from what two seats polling out of 26 to 26 out of 26 seats polling now in the maritimes um so so it works like he doesn't care as long as he buys the votes okay you're the first person who's ever said that the heat pumps worked apparently so there you go (laughs) not for the reasons you think but no (laughs) they're they're not trying to warm up they're not trying to warm up the houses they're trying to warm up the voters don't know why that didn't want to work for me, folks. Okay, it worked like six times. I was like, "Oh, oh did it?" I didn't hear bad. a single one of them, so I just buzzed this way too many times, and I think they got the point. Legacy media sees blood in the water. This is a National Post uh, article. Only an abundantly resourced public broadcast with tendrils in every community could produce anything like CBC's news panoramic vision of an overlooked national problem with abandoned shopping carts. 
They've got a mind of their own, those things. Consider CBC Edmonton's January 2nd piece on the shopping cart problem in Alberta's capital. Wallace Snowden, an outstanding local reporter, writes, Every year, thousands of carts stray from the store parking lots where they belong and come to rest in streets, alleys, city parks, or deep into the wilds of the River Valley. Now, we have to admit, the stray, unattended shopping cart that decides on its own to rattle off along the streets of Edmonton and plunge into a ravine or under an underpass is something we have never witnessed with our own eyes. But we're assured by the CBC that such uncanny things are happening, and no other theory is suggested until the 24th paragraph of the story, when a retail lobby spokesperson first alludes to the fact that the wayward carts have actually been stolen from stores. I love how... They just threw that in, the numbering of the paragraphs. And they mentioned later on, they're like in the 27th paragraph, they finally mentioned this other thing or something like that. So you've got the National Post who... Calling I'm out not, the CBC. Yeah, but not so much calling them out as just blatantly pointing out how fucking irrelevant they are. And I don't know, Chris might know some more about this, uh, but I definitely have no idea why this has never really happened. Why? You know, places like CTV and and uh, and Global and the National Post and this. I mean, the Sun speaks about it a little bit, but why none of the other ones ever really take easy shots at CBC, considering that they are their competitors who are competing unfairly. And it's only now that they're looking at at uh, having to maybe try and do this on equal footing that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, now. Now we can really go in for the kill and why they didn't bother doing this years ago. But it's it's fun and it's interesting to to see happen. And I hope it happens more. I don't know. What do you think, Tarek? I mean, first of all, I'm surprised that, you know, one part of Edmonton's transit system works. I mean, it's shopping carts, but it's, it's still <laughs> it actually does get things around. So there's one thing that works in that city. But, but the other part of it is, you know, here's the thing. Why don't. Again, if you're sitting on $700 million a year of handouts, why don't you run softball investigative pieces um, to keep the masses busy? Here's what I wonder, though. Um, with everything that's available in terms of independent media, why the fuck are Canadians still listening to the CBC? Why they aren't. Why they aren't. Of viewership, right? Like, you know, so... It, it's it's a it's small like percentage one percent yeah it's it's a small percentage i'll i'll, I'll get the the math we are the 99 percent terry right. i wow. don't know if you've ever heard that before right, but right. we are the 99 percent yep yep as you guys are talking i'm texting chris sims right now to see how many people still tune into the cbc yeah i mean somebody that that ended up with a heat pump certainly is is listening to the cbc that worked yeah, well, I mean, they did run those puff pieces on the hip, heat pumps. Yes. And and then you wonder, like, oh, just isn't that a wonderful coincidence? The people who are getting the government funding from the liberals are propping up liberal talking points. Why does it always seem to work out like that? I hope we don't have any other further, further mentions of this in tonight's episode. Uh, before we move on to the next, uh, how about how about we we go to the 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 comments? Uh, Earl Wally, um, he uh, showed it out. Said small fringe minority listens. He also they said evening men. Views. Yeah, evening evening Earl. Uh, we we got uh, Freedom Warriors for if the PM was paying for his own holiday, then why did he use Canada's airplanes, commercial flights? I uh, assume that they're saying why not commercial flights. I get the oh, fact commercial that the flights. Prime Minister 
can't sit on a commercial flight next to random whoever. Yeah, it's I get that. Yeah, it states in there that he has to fly um, via protection. A military plane is what they're saying. Um, I Patrick, fly Malaysian Airlines every once in a while, but that's just me. Patrick Huestis, I hope I'm saying that right, the blind leading the blind, and uh, Stevie B chiming in, it's because the CBC is government-funded. Canada's government doesn't like people messing with them. They definitely don't. Did you see what happened to Menzies a couple hours ago? Uh, no. I saw that. There's a lawsuit coming right, right there, hot and hard. Yeah. So David Menzies from Rebel News was walking and interviewing, or trying to interview uh, Christopher Freeland mm-hmm. about about all of this Palestine stuff. And uh, one of the plainclothes cops steps in front of him, puts his hand up, and then um, Menzies bumps into him, and he says, "You're under arrest, assaulting a police officer." Slams him up against a bus stop. It's all on video. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's there's a bit of a fuss back and forth because, like, you watch the video. I'm not a huge Menzies fan, personally. But, but this is pretty bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, apparently, he got taken away to the station and then released without charges. <laughs> Oh, you know, like, and in the meantime, and this is the co- never had to answer the difficult question. And this is why the- this is why we have Americans tuning into this going, what's going on in Canada? Yeah, just yeah. journalists being thrown, thrown in jail. Oh, they were released with no charges. Stops. It's not a big deal, boys. Yeah, for, well, I mean, they were asking the hard hitting questions for where I grew up, man. This stuff is mind blowing that this is happening in the free West. Like it is absolutely mind blowing. OK, so do you mean in terms of like this is commonplace where you grew up or this no, is never no, fly where no. you grew up back to you know again in the middle east like state media is still relatively state controlled mm-hmm. uh, and and then you have Menzies, uh, and he was asking about the irgc so ironically enough when she was coming back from a vigil for the 57 canadians that died on the bombing of the uranium plane and he's asking why isn't the irgc still not yet declared as a terrorist organization in canada and obviously she gave him no answer her staffer got her out of the way and then the whole police bumping into thing like it's a it's actually a legitimate question if mm-hmm. if setting wasn't you know was a bit more you know gotcha but the question was very legitimate i that's the way they get interviewed fairly often though you see right. that not just like, I get the fact that the rebel has to do it that way because it's the only place they're allowed to talk yes. to them, which is insane, regardless of what you think of the rebel. But uh, just there's you you see other people just walking with random members of parliament and ask, excuse me, asking them questions as they go between one building and another in Ottawa or whatever else. Right. Because they it's it's not just parliament. They got the stuff across the street. There's the Senate over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the secret underground bunker where they all take off their human costumes and go back to being lizards for a while. All that stuff, right? Shall we do the rapid fire? Okay. Rock and roll. I, Folks, you know, this entire show is supposed to be rapid fire at times. I, I'm interested to see how this goes. So here we yeah, go. So we this, got... is, this is a new segment that I'm, I, I introduced called rapid fire where we're not even really going to get into it. We're just going to be like, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is what happened. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. We got about seven to get here. And, um, well, well, here we go. Okay. 
first one. We're gonna bring up the picture for this. Uh, oh no, not sorry. Apologies. I'm jumping. I'm jumping ahead on uh, on on the. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. This so is what happens this when is, twos. You, this you is what happens called, with you twos. Know this is called rapid fire, correct? This is what happens with twos. Screws up the the, the articles in the document and okay, changes it two minutes rapid before. Fire rapid fire. Here we go. Point. Even the planes don't want to go to Ontario. Okay, you Alaska. the headline. That's why this got screwed up. Alaskan Airlines window blows out in midair and has to make an emergency landing in Portland. It was heading to Ontario, California. One of the passengers sitting next to it, a kid, had his shirt sucked off. Yeah, I bet you Epstein wishes he had that plane. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, okay, also, apparently it, it just came out too soon. <laughs> The guy just killed himself like two years ago. And they're just they're, the Epstein stuff is blowing up everywhere. So if you haven't been paying attention yeah. to that. Well, oh, speaking oh. of stuff blowing up on planes, um, <laughs> apparently this plane had a warning light on it. And they're like, oh, the check engine light's on. So let's not fly it to Hawaii. It was specifically not allowed to go to Hawaii because the check engine light was on. And they tried flying it to Alaska or wherever else instead. Also, um, and I was just mentioning this. Uh, um, United Airlines has found at least five plug doors with loose bolts during the inspection of a Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane, which is the same kind of plane. So, yeah, just all kinds of loose rivets. Am I buzzing? Am I? Is that what I'm doing here? Am I buzzing? Okay, this is... This, okay. So, yeah, sure. All right. Okay, okay there we one. go. The, the National Post printed a 7,000-word article about plant-based cheese. I didn't read it. I didn't include the link. I just felt like it was worth mentioning. Buzzer. I can't. Yep. Yeah. Is there a cooling <laughs> off period for the buzzer? <laughs> I wish people could see my screen. You know, this is St. Louis Jack is sitting in St. Louis. Some point in time, it'd be great to have him in here just to buzz. Get in Zzz, more monitors, dude. Zzz, I've been yeah, telling you. Yeah, keeps telling me to go get more monitors. I got enough fire mode. Farm, farmers are murderers of humans now, too. And uh, uh, the World Health Organization, head of the World Health Organization, said that farming, um, if we got rid of farming, 8 million people are harming people. the health of people and planet. Food systems contribute to over 30% of greenhouse gas emissions and account for almost one third of the global burden of disease. Transforming food systems is therefore essential by shifting towards healthier, diversified, and more plant-based diets. You get the this point. Is, this is not rapid fire. Oh, you, you, by the you, way, um, my text line just lit up saying that we've failed as far as the rapid fire goes. Yeah, we're working on it, folks. It's a work in, in progress here. Every scary climate word in one convenient place. And here you go. Updated info in impending climate emergency due to the Arctic blast across the Pacific Northwest and then in the central and Stop Midwest USA in the bananas coming in five to 10 days old. There okay, you go. Honestly, how hard is it to just make a bigger chart? Barometer busting, high pressure, um, radiational cooling, brutally cold air, ensemble mean, blockbuster extreme cold signal blanketing almost the entire lower... 48 with unprecedented ferocity i think there was an ice age or two that might have them beat but whatever this climate fueled weather pattern 
All weather patterns are climate fueled. That's pretty much the fucking definition. You know what? I say let, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring all this fear on because people are not going to take them seriously. Um, again, and we've gone from environmental responsibility to all this environmental bullshit. I'd say the more they do this, the more ridiculous they seem. Bring it on. This, this I is, agree. This, is, this good. is why I'm all for free speech. Yes. Lloyd Christmas is a bad apple. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this idiot haircut. Okay, honestly though, I, I will say this: if I'm ever deciding not the way this guy's fucking things up, because that's pretty fucking bad. But if I ever decide to be some kind of a criminal, I'm gonna get some ridiculously stupid-looking fucking haircut right before I do it. So if any pictures show up, I'll just cut my hair afterwards, and they'll be looking for that fucking mop top or or the other one and it was just funny because these two showed up in my timeline almost right after each other <laughs> i'm like that's the guy that's the guy we need to arrest the guy from this picture when you, uh, when you put a cooking bowl over your head and just chop off the bangs it gets perfectly aligned oh, yeah. okay support for large laggings lacking showing signs of sagging um, Chris Wilson, this is, goes back, uh, the, the Lululemon having to distance itself from, um, uh, one of the guys, Chip Wilson, who quit as chief executive officers, officers nine years ago after making controversial remarks about its, how its laggings were becoming see-through suggested some women were too fat for Lululemon. So if you guys remember, Lululemon did this run of pants that when they got stretched too much, you could see through them. And for some stupid fucking reason, some people thought this was a bad thing. And so they pulled them off the shelves. And then the, I, the CEO goes on, on the record and says, well, I think it's because the biggins are stretching them too much. The high calorie humans are stretching these too much. And that's why you can see through them. And they said, OK, well, we don't want a CEO that says that stuff. So you're out of here. But somebody asked him about this the other day. And he's like, yeah, some people are too fat to wear leggings, he said. I enjoyed this quote from him. I think the definition of a brand is that you are not everything to everybody. You have to be clear that you do not want certain customers coming in. That was a quote from him. I'm like, actually, yeah, that that actually makes a ton of sense to me. Didn't you guys cover this with Victoria's Secret and using high calorie models? And well, it wasn't very well covered, exactly. but we did cover it. Yeah. Are you saying we're recycling jokes, Tarek? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying this is, this this is exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's a parallel to it. Exactly. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Guy waits in emergency for 33 hours before dying. And that's in Winnipeg at the regional uh is Winnipeg Regional Health Authority is officially investigating a patient waiting at the Winnipeg Hospital back in November. There was another one that I could have done as a thing last week. And uh, uh, there was a bunch of stuff to talk about last week, so I didn't get to it because we did one in Nova Scotia a few weeks before that. And so now this is the third one that's coming up in a very short time where people are dying not on purpose in hospitals in Canada. I actually, so personal experience, I have this as out with all my rodeo brothers. If I get into a major wreck, put me in my truck, and drive me to Montana because I will get quicker access if we get to Montana than waiting at an ER in Canada. Um, I, I Montana, the border is only about three and a half hours away. Um, get me to the closest ER there, pull out the credit card. I don't care. Uh, go to town. I'd rather live 
um, and then worry about the debt later than uh, than not. And I, I guarantee you, I'll probably get faster access um, in uh, crossing the border than staying local. Well, you can get there in a lot less than 33 hours. Mm -hmm. Liberals still paying for op-eds. And honestly, I'd never read the headline until now. I, I typed it out, folks. I couldn't figure out why the heck Two's put this article in there. And now I just, reading the headline, I'm actually like, oh, that makes sense. Because it's about Karina Gold, known for throwing hefty political punches, and she often does it with a smile. That's pretty much the story. I don't like, think she's actually ever thrown a hefty political punch, to be honest. Yeah. And so the headline is, this glass ceiling breaking liberal mom is looking to give the Tories a timeout. Let's be honest here. The only thing the liberals don't break <laughs> is ceilings. Uh, all right. We got a whole bunch of comments running in here. Um, it, I don't know how many we got to run through. Sandy Palm, how you doing? If they're stretched, it's a bad yeah, thing. Uh, um, we got Stevie B chiming in classic. We got Sheldon Labossier waiting in emergency for that long. Is that considered made? It's a form of it. Yes. Oh, I can see that. It's it's more of like medical unassistance in deaths. It's it's Mwad. Ooh, like like Mwadib from Dune. Oh, but we have free health care. I hope his dying words were, I would like a refund. <laughs> okay. We're going to move on. To Bass Pro Shops. Uh, I'd also like to point out to the listener, it's the first time we've ever tried Rapid Fire. It's the first time I'd ever seen it. Twos didn't... You know as much shit as Twos gives me for never prefacing what we're about to do? That was... I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to do a Rapid Fire. All right. And, and Twos isn't... Anyways. This, I thought it was this, great because I, I, I was just thinking to myself, like, there were so many interesting things to cover and I didn't know how we were going to get to them. And we've got a guest and it's Tarek. And so... Rapid Fire thinking, away? Like, what if we just, what if I just threw some stuff that I didn't feel like necessitated okay. the full focus of a regular segment and we just hit them real fa fast and I didn't tell anybody what it meant or what we were doing until we were live. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we got what we deserved and I tell you what, it'll only get better folks here as we start to understand Tuesday. I cannot promise that here, but I, I, we have to move on the Bass Pro Shops has an any surrection because this thing has been hot. Okay. I'm going to preface this. If there's anyone that uh, does not want to see nudity on the show, I'm, I'm prefacing it. Right All you need now. to do is just not look closely. It's not <laughs> like it's readily available. It, it's it, this any surrection. This is like their January um, three sixteenths moment. This is in a Bass Pro Shop. That guy oh, actually has a dick somewhere there, and like this isn't even does this Birmingham, even Alabama. There you go. There you go. Oh my God. Okay. So just, just public announcement for anybody listening to this, watching this folks, guys, specifically streaking is a summer sport. Repeat after me. Okay. <laughs> you don't want to go when it's oh, cold out boy. and you definitely don't want to jump into a body of water that is not heated. <laughs> that okay? wasn't enough. Maybe that was enough. There Maybe you go. Teeny weenies. Keep in mind, the big part of that is his nuts. Oh man. I, I just <laughs> it's been it's been like haunting my you know, you talk about having too many screens or not having enough screens. It's been literally sitting there like, you know, I'm like, like I gotta get this off the screen already. Like, That's oh man. 
it's a plug for precision fishing equipment. So what do you think? Was that a dare? You think it, like he was on like a bachelor party or do you, like, do you think he was just like, I've always wanted to jump in this tank. Here we go. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And he was wearing his favorite, you know, browning shirt or something. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it's an exercise in camouflage right there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, this is like the first legitimate case I've seen where you could say, you know what? Not because we're leftist radicals, but just as a regular ass human being, it's perfectly reasonable to not assume that person's gender right off the bat. I mean, you could get a 300 Wayne mag at Bass Pro and you can also get a 22. <laughs> That's not even a pea shooter, dude. <laughs> Henry Silence chiming in. Press Tam on glass. People taking the cold plunges too far. Uh, uh, and then Earl chiming in. There's friggin' musky in them tanks in Ontario. They like worms. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have oh, no man. idea what a muskie is. Like, I get the fact that it's a fish, and um, you had that that any gal of mine cover where he talks about like catching the muskie at the end of it. You know, when he goes on that big silly rant. Uh, but I have no idea what what the hell a muskie is. I I don't know. I need to go catch some. Oh, I don't even know if I buzzed this out there, but uh, that that was um... maybe just a really small buzz. <laughs> a micro buzz. Like this is the it was the light beer of penises, <laughs> which which uh, that's why it was in the states. Uh, leftists finally found a race they don't care about. Nearly six hundred people have signed a petition calling on size limits for Toronto-based running clubs. Uh, complain complaints about the clubs running on crowded sidewalks and busy areas of the city, including the Eaton Center, Canada's busiest shopping mall, have grown louder on social media in recent weeks. The petition was initiated by Zolf A., who has complained about the clubs on her TikTok account. Um, she calls the runners the scariest gang in Toronto and has been okay. nearly viewed three million times. So I think I think that it's the bike lane mafia. That's now going after the runners. Like uh, Lane Mafia has outlawed. So, so it, it's the biker gang going oh, after the they, running gang. It's the biker gangs that are going after the. Yeah. Okay. Just just imagine a place like fucking Toronto and saying that a bunch of people with the water bottle fanny packs and and the shimmering shirts that help them go more aerodynamic and not get <laughs> nipple chafage. Are the most dangerous gang. <laughs> oh man, <sighs> Ontario, you're just outdoing yourself again. You know, like uh, we got shopping carts being talked about in Edmonton, and in Toronto, they're worried about uh, running gangs. Mm -hmm. Hey, 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 hey! Does everybody right. in that gang have Velcro fucking shoes? You can you can turn off replies, but you can't turn off reviews yet. Okay, so this is Google Maps, folks, and I'm just pulling it up here. The first one is J uh, Jennifer Connell, a uh, member of Parliament, and then you can just you can see all the reviews going down. She has a a 2.2 review on out of 39, so they've marked her on the on on 
on Google Maps. And then the next one is Mark Garretson. Uh, once again, he's got a 2.2. I'm sure two's just I love, love the that. numbers. Yes, love he does. Yep. And you can see they've marked them on the map again. And, uh, so and that's and, his constituency office. Correct. And then and then put reviews on how he sucks. People talking about how, how he's blocked so they can't comment anymore or how he turns off comments. And these people who are frustrated because they can't speak to the bullshit spewing from these vapid idiots on social media are responding by saying, well, you know what? You can't turn off the comments on Google Maps. You know, I've I love it. Figured, like a guy like Mark Gerritsen, is he actually an idiot or... Is he paid to be an idiot? Like, is he paid to be the punching bag of the Liberal Party? Um, and I feel like I feel like that's it. He's he's the loyal soldier that's been said, you are going to be the punching bag for the next six months. Um, do things that are absolutely ridic ridiculous. And you'll be rewarded on the back end with some private sector contract, as they usually do. I'm skeptical, to be honest, Tarek. Um, Self-sacrifice isn't really a notable quality in... The Liberal Canada's Party, Canada's politicians, right. let alone the Liberal ones, right. right? This this whole like, yeah, you just you got to take one for the team. This isn't going to go well for you now, but everyone's going to be better off in the long run. It's not really, it's no. not really their thing. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. It's it's possible, but I mean, when you look at how dumb he looked in that press conference he did uh, with Champagne, I think it was right before Christmas where they basically held a press conference to tell everybody how mean Pierre Polyev was. And even the legacy media was like, why are you doing this? Yeah, that was savage. Right. And so you got to realize that I think at least a decent part of it is that they live in echo chambers, mm -hmm. right? Because anybody who says, well, that's a stupid idea ends up getting fired. You know, but, I looked up Mark Gerritsen's numbers. He got elected by 26% over his contempt like fellow like the next the next like that was that was the margin was of victory blowout. yeah it was a blowout for him and yeah. he's actually polling or at least he was a few weeks ago polling to be losing his correct. riding now correct yeah i i think he he is uh sandy jumping in again i agree with you i think he is just that simple right um and maybe he needs to take a page out of tropic thunder and not go all the way on it <laughs> not go all the way on what twos you can't go full retard uh <laughs> Ooh, you know, just... the first time i saw that show i'm like this show sucks and it's one of those movies that i feel like it's better and better every time you watch it oh, it's great yeah it's cool yeah. the economist uh or well actually the greens are not a serious party here's the article from uh the economist it uh, was citing cost of living indexes that ranks 173 cities. The world's based on the cost of more than 200 products and services. This year's top three in North America are unsurprising. New York, which remains America's cultural financial hub, Los Angeles, the home of Hollywood, and San Francisco, whose tech workers pay more for domestic help than any city dweller uh, else in the world. And I was here. We'll pull up. Sorry. Here's Elizabeth May. The reason the okay. Greens get tied into this is she said, memo to Pierre Polyev, you need to do your uh, your housing hell video in light of the Econo Economist magazine finding that the most livable and cheapest cities in North America are in Canada. Facts matter. This was at January 6th. This was on January 6th at 8.55 a.m. Yes. Okay. Now the next one. 
The next one, Sean. I didn't. I know that we're not rapid fire anymore, but we could. I didn't. Give me a second. Okay. This is the other leader of the Green Party. The Green Party has two leaders right now. Okay. Um, They've got Elizabeth May and this dude who I think is French. Um, And he is the the co-leader because she doesn't really want to do it anymore, but she's the only person they have with any name brand neck recognition. Correct. And so he's saying we're crystal clear here. Affordable housing for all is top priority for the green party. And so is wealth distribution because also they're communists. Um, they call us communists and psychotic. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, haters will hate. Yes, we do. Um, we'll always be proud to stand up for Canadians instead of defending billionaires. Uh, you're not really standing up for us though. You're trying to just fucking fuck everything over. Anyways, he goes on in this video to speak about how unaffordable Canada is and how the green party needs to change that. And the big problem is that the, the rich have all the money and the poor people yes. don't. Okay. But this tweet came out January 6th at three twenty-seven PM. So within about four and a half hours of each other, the two leaders of the green party gave out, Two tweets about housing affordability with the exact opposite message. And these people are trying to convince voters that they're smart enough to represent their interests on a national level. This is the most airtime this party's got is our show. You know, like, like, who cares? I just want to point out how fucking stupid they are, Sean. I know, but we're we're the ones giving them the airtime. You know, like it's like, are, are they even a party anymore? That's yeah, this question. isn't this isn't the any press is good press type thing. Sure, yeah. I didn't even realize. You know, like the 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 dude. If you go listen to the video, which I mean, have at it. You know, uh, he 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 for being the leader of a party, even though the Green Party isn't really a thing. Uh, he did can't really speak. Like he was not a great speaker whatsoever. What what surprised me? I love looking up the stats of like how many how many elections they've won. Elizabeth May has been an MP since two thousand and eight. She's won her she's won her seat six times. So the fine people of Saanich and the Gulf Islands um, have elected Elizabeth May six fucking times for this level of communism. Like this is mind blowing. She's been making government like member of parliament pay. Since 2008, she's been on their dental plan this whole time, and she's never used it once. <laughs> like the only thing on her face that is further away from each other than her teeth are her fucking eyes. Oh, oh man! Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong, Sean. I'm trying. <laughs> Okay, look it up. I was wrong. 2006. <laughs> Tooth knew exactly what I was trying to find here. And look, that's. I mean, she looks like she got hit in the face with an ugly shovel. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, there's there's the twos we know and love, folks. Hey, uh, I, I was just saying to him, you know, like you, you're getting soft on us here. You know, I haven't been stunned by anything you say. Twos has his has his moments, doesn't he? Well, because you were saying how how Uncle Hack was the the controversial one now. It was shocking on. Yes, it was. Everyone's become like just 
I don't know if if maybe I'm losing my edge or if everybody's become immune to it or what the deal was. We had a great time though uh, last week. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. How was the comedy show? Okay, we did a double show, and I get up there. The MC goes. He introduces me. I get up and I light the place up. I killed it. People were howling. It was amazing. Great feeling. Super positive. Left there. I don't think I had a single joke that didn't land. Okay. Get up there two and a half hours later. Same material. Same room. New audience. Fucking bomb. (laughs) (laughs) It was was actually really good because, you know, it's, it's this whole Mike Tyson thing where everybody has a plan until they get punched. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's really easy to do. It's really easy to get up there and tell jokes when everybody laughs at all of them. But you get thrown when you're like, hey, guys, guys, that was really fucking funny. And they're not laughing, right? I mean, you don't say, guys, you should be laughing because that was funny. But in your head, you're like, you guys, is this? Is this, like we good? We good? These clap moments. Is there any recording of the stand-up? Uh, there might be of the one I bombed on, uh, but I don't think there's one of the first ones, so no one's ever going to see it. Uh, <laughs> and then Sandy Palm said, uh, the people of Saanich and the Gulf Islands are partaking of the free crack. Yes. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that was that was really fun because, I mean, it's I, I'm overstating things slightly. It's not like it was an absolute tire fire, but it just didn't go nearly as well as the first one. And it's, it was good. And it was, you're not going to get better unless you actually put yourself, unless you go and actually do it. Yes. There's that. But also like, if you're just going up and yeah, you know, those guys, you probably saw them in hockey where they're just naturally good at a super young age and they're never challenged. They're never pushed. And you're thinking when they're real young that they're going to get to the NHL and then they grow up and they've never really had to struggle and they suck and they don't go anywhere. Right. Didn't you watch? Did you watch Dave Chappelle's new stand up? No, just just the clips. You haven't watched Dave Chappelle's new stand up. I work a lot, Sean. You should try it. It's like 58 minutes, man. I know you got 58 minutes. Regardless, he does a joke about uh, the Titanic. And he talks about how his wife didn't want him to do it. And like, it wasn't a great joke. So even the greatest uh, among us, which is Dave Chappelle, try things. And it doesn't like, it it wasn't that funny. And he knew it wasn't that funny. So he kind of laughs it off. And that's kind of funny, right? Mm -hmm. His reaction to doing a joke, which is kind of like, yeah, you know, like he come up with a banger in in the Jim Carrey, like man, that was fantastic. And then you know he, he transitioned. The best have moments where they're on stage, and it just oh, doesn't yeah, hit, or right? or it's, it's just not funny. But it's it's interesting because like it throws you when you're up there and your joke doesn't land, and so then you you have to be able to recover from that. And I'm not I'm not great at that yet, and huh. so. Keyword yet, yet, and yeah. you've you've how many times you've been on stage? Uh, I think that was my third time. Oh, come on, yeah, give uh, yourself some credit, man. Six time, six time, maybe, maybe not having me be beside you to burden take the burden of the weight of being uh, on yeah. stage. Yeah. yeah, that's fair, that that is fair, but you've been on you stage are, yeah. six times now, hey, okay? and actually, yeah, six times. So, I mean, 
the world's your oyster, big fella. You just need to uh, keep going, they might say. Wind turbines blows away expectations. Uncle Hack, when you actually hang around with him for a long time, don't let this out. Don't tell anybody. But he is one of the most genuinely nice people you're going to meet in a long fucking time. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, I was I was seriously impressed. He shook the hands of just about every single like he thanked everybody who came through and he tried to shake as many hands as he could of every single person that came to both shows. Did I mention he's coming to Lloyd Minster, Lloyd Minster? He's coming to Lloyd Minster. Yeah. A consultant hired in 2022 to assess production problems at a wind farm owned by the PEI government found severe damage with turbine units possibly constituting a safety hazard and turbine blades at high risk of imminent failure. Last month, high winds ripped two 56-meter blades off one of the turbines at the facility in Hermanville. A provincial spokesman said the turbine was not operational at the time and was scheduled for repairs in April of 2024. The wind farm began operations in 2014, built at a taxpayer's cost of $60 million. And a report delivered to the corporation in June 2022 from Montreal-based DNV uh, cited turbine blades with a severe degree of damage or defect such that there was a high degree, a high risk of imminent failure. The company also observed broken blade studs used to hold turbine blades in position and warned that in worst case scenario, should multiple blade studs fail nearly simultaneously, stud failures may progress and separation of the blade from the turbine could occur. And they said there have been more than 200 blade stud failures reported at Hermanville as of June 2022. Well, let's be honest. The wind energy industry isn't full of a lot of studs. I mean, they weren't heat pumped well enough. No. Okay. Like, I get the fact that you people out there don't like petroleum products. You're not crazy about the CO2 emissions. But you know what doesn't happen with fucking gasoline engines? Is they don't fall from 56 fucking meters shaped like fucking knives. Like this, this, literally, this turbine had two blades fall off of it. She gone. They gone. Right? <laughs> Was this a blade runner? Nice, nice. I, I, I... Let's try it. Well, it's definitely not Blade Three anymore, now, is it? <laughs> Tucker, Tucker Carlson spreading misinformation in Canada. If you haven't heard, there's this guy named Tucker Carlson coming to Canada, uh, Calgary and Edmonton on January 24th. Uh, Premier Daniel Smith will appear with American pundit Tucker Carlson on stage in Calgary on January 24th. Despite the considerable controversial baggage Carlson carries, the Premier has offered nonsensical reasoning for the meeting. Given Carlson's brand recognition, he will pub publicize how plentiful oil and gas are in our province. The Premier participates in a variety... This is, this is the uh, PR... Uh, uh, press secretary for the premier. The premier participates in a variety of public and private events and does interviews with dozens of reporters, broadcasters, and podcasters from all from across the political spectrum. I'm wondering if they thought of me when they said across the political spectrum. I'm like, well, he did do that Sean Newman podcast, and uh, he's pretty far, you know. Like they, they probably wouldn't like a lot of what he has to say. I mean, he has twos on and Uncle Hack and other people that say some pretty off color things. I'm just assuming. Carrying on. But that doesn't really let Smith off the hook. She is the leader of a province and one assumes has a busy schedule. 
As an elected leader paid with taxpayer dollars, she should answer questions regarding Carlson's track record of political bile. One, on numerous occasions, Carlson had guests on his show who questioned whether President Joe Biden won the 2020 election. Despite his clear victory of both popular vote and the Electoral College, Carlson echoed <laughs> Donald Trump's claims the election was somehow rigged. Blasphemy. Carlson called transgender people a cancer on the country. Can't have that. I wonder if there's a Rosie Barton joke in here about her work um, on, obviously not on the taxpayer's dime. It's just, it, it's... The answer is yes, Terry. The answer is yes. <laughs> I, what I love about this is I've I've been on Twitter and every single NDP MLA has been after Tucker Carlson and this event going about misinformation and he should be banned from entering Canada uh, for the comments that he's made. Um, it, it is just mind fucking blowing like we've had literal foreign assassins um living in canada for a while now we gave a nazi a standing ovation we don't want to let this guy come in and have a conversation yep. my favorite part of this article in the calgary herald is the write-up about the author at the bottom matthew hayes now lives in montreal where he teaches at marianopolis college and concordia university okay. <laughs> oh joy like I could just hear our entire audience like Tucker Car like if they didn't know and they just tuned in to Mashup 88 and they've been living under a rock they're like did I just hear that correct Tucker Carlson's coming to Alberta he is he is yeah. there is still tickets available oh really I was yes. going to say we should tell people to get tickets but I imagine they're all gone um they aren't all, all gone and here here's a here's a fun little note if you I... if you wanted to maybe get involved uh, in, in, in a possibly uh uh, entered into a draw that, I don't know, some podcaster named Sean Newman has going on, you could literally text me your name and where you're listening from and you're entered for a pair of tickets. You could go on Substack and there's a contest there for uh, three sets of uh, two. So you got three pairs of tickets there. Or you could go to Instagram and you could look up uh, our social media. We're drawing on Wednesday at 5 p.m. So there's a way to get some free tickets too. Just saying. Just just throwing that over there. I can't, I can't, I can't see. Oh, can you imagine if two's one, Derek? 222 minutes oh, listening God. from Alberta. I think you won right away here. <laughs> oh, whoops. I, I missed I missed that. Can you the, the outrage of a fan? If, oh, what do you think, no, folks? If two's two's it's, wins it's, the tickets. And it's Tarek, like when the CEO can be in. It's like when the CEO wins the door prize draw at the fucking Christmas party kind of thing, right? That's that's more or less what it is. I'm I'm the CEO in this story, you, you, Sean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Co CEO. <laughs> Sandy Palm Hogren. Rosie seems to be getting a little better. Perhaps she's getting laid. We can hope. I'm going to hell for sure. <laughs> Uh, my husband and I used to go to concerts for dates. Now we go to Jordan Peterson and Tucker Carlson. That's Brianna Rhodes. That is uh, amen to that, right? That's that's exactly that's exactly correct, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I mean, if if you're interested in listening to people that uh, that news journalist writers from Concordia University publish in the Herald disparaging, isn't that hilarious? Like Tucker Carlson. 
all of Alberta, you know, like majority of Alberta is rejoicing at Tucker Carlson coming here. And then well, a guy well. writes for the Calgary Herald and he's not even in Calgary. That's funny. Matthew Hayes. Liberals run the most liberal candidate yet. Uh, Skagog? Is that, am I, am I saying that right? Skagog? Counselor? Mm-hmm. What is it? Skagog. I think sure. Skagog sounds Robert Rock. Robert Rock, what a name, has been trapped, uh, tapped to, uh, trapped by the liberals, (laughs) has been tapped to represent the liberals in an upcoming by-election to succeed former Durham MP Aaron O'Toole. Rock initially ran for the Conservative Party nomination in Durham last year, but now his eyes set on becoming the first liberal to represent the riding since Alex Shepard in 2004. Quoted, when I look at the platforms being put forward by the liberals and the conservatives, I see the liberal party making strides on child care. I see credible plan when it comes to building homes and helping make homes more affordable. And I just see a lot of platforms that resonate with a positive future for myself, my kids and a country as a whole. So this guy tried getting the job with the conservatives, got cut from the team. 110%. And then joined the liberals. He literally crossed the floor before he even got the nomination, let alone got voted in. He's such a bloody turncoat and stands for so little that he is the perfect liberal candidate. And on top of it, in classic liberal fashion, the guy's name is literally Rock, so you know he's terrified of any paperwork. You know, I'll just say um, this GTA writing seems to elect a liberal regardless of which party they run for. That is very true. I mean, either way, they got a carbon tax last election. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of like you get what you deserve there. Which brings us, folks, to the happy news. Happy news. 27 dads take the law into their 54 hands. I was assuming that they were all, you know. Had both their hands. Yeah. Following a rash of thefts in Fort Langley, homes and businesses this winter, a group of local fathers decided to do something about it. 27 men, some dressed in black or camouflage, uh, and others with their dogs in tow, went out to a neighborhood patrol Christmas Eve to try and catch the suspect. It worked. Police say a man was arrested and charged with break and enter and theft after three of the fathers spotted him inside a closed flower shop at 12.50 a.m. But in the wake of the arrest, some members of the community are raising concerns. Man, there's got to be Karens absolutely everywhere. That the group's social media posts could be seen as promoting vigilantism. In a private community Facebook group, in a private community Facebook group, my Fort Langley, a few of the fathers shared photos and videos of the men huddled together after the suspect's arrest. In one video clip, several members of the group raised beers in their hands and cheered after a woman called them vigilante dads. And during, well, no, that's, that's, that's all you need to know. A group of dads were awesome. They went out on Christmas Eve into the wee hours of the morning and got a guy who had been breaking in all over the place and caught him. Yeah. He'd been busting in. Who the fuck breaks into a flower shop at two o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve? Who well, in their guy, right mind? And he was in there trying to steal booze. What in the fuck is going on in Langley, British Columbia? It's the second most fucked up place called Langley that I've ever heard of. <laughs> if you were gonna rob somewhere, let's just let's just take our 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 uh, good citizen hats off, and you were gonna like do a robbery. What what would be the place you'd rob or try to rob? 
What would, what would be your Royal master Canadian plan? Mint. Royal Canadian Mint? Yep. Heist. Tarek? <sighs> what Canadian institution? I feel like an armory. You know, you got to yeah. you know, stock up, right? So. Yep. I feel I like, like the way the way eggs and and milk and things are going, I could just rob a couple of milk trucks and be done with it, and just a grocery store, yeah, you know, just skim off the top, and they never notice, uh, unless it was already skim. True, very true. Um, yeah, I think the 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 people that break into the same community eighteen times over aren't really thinking, like no. they just they aren't thinking anymore. It's 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 great and i i think it's funny how i without being able to verify it i could probably almost pros, promise you that the same people trying to condemn them for being vigilantes would be the same people that two years ago were saying defund the police and oh, the communities 100%. will police themselves oh the irony is rich there yeah i'm right anyway i thought i thought it was great that a bunch of dads just got together on Christmas totally. Eve. Caught some random homeless vigilant vagabond, rather. I thought it was beautiful. I think it's a great way to end uh, Mashup 88. Thanks to uh, Sir Tarek for hopping on with us. Thank you very and, much, buddy. Yep, and uh, to our episode sponsor, Cactus Environmental. That's Alan Huco. Mashup 88 in the books. Do want to point out to anyone who enjoys what we do. If you're interested in being a mashup episode sponsor, oh, yeah. uh, reach out and uh, hit me up via text. It's in the show notes. I would love Big to hear thumbs from up, you guys. Tarek. Or social media as well works as well. So either way, uh, it's not working this time. Uh, you, you lost know, your powers. I know, I did. For the people who are listening, they don't give a crap, but oh, oh no, there, there it is. is. There it is. There it is. Tarek has this ability to to do some things, and uh, sometimes it we works. were all, he discovered it completely by accident, and then we were all baffled by it. And he's doing all these crazy hand signals like Tobey Maguire in the first Spider Man movie when he first accidentally shot the. At least the first, at least the first Spider Man was half decent. It was the third one. It, it was, was the second one sucked. What was the second one? No, what's the, th the, the third one with one the black? Was, yeah, yeah, with Venom. The third one was horrible, but the second one sucked too. It was just the, so contrived. It's like, the yeah, third I got these one. arms, and they're going to take over my brain if if this tiny little microchip I put on the back of my spine gets damaged. Well, do you want to you know put what? like a case around you know it? Or maybe I, like, I had time like, for the second one. Styrofoam or something. Doc do, do you Ock want was it fine in, in my a protective mind. bubble? He's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just, just nobody bump it. And then these arms won't try and take over my brain. I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry I asked. If uh, you want to go down a dark rabbit hole, folks, or whatever, the Epstein list is being talked about a ton. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> he liked going down dark rabbit holes. Yeah. And um, um, for some positive side, uh, Germany, the, the big protest going on there. We didn't bring yeah. that up. But we, far, well, it's all I saw was just some clips. I know I that's all really I have. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working on this side. I'm working on grabbing somebody from Germany or from the in the vicinity to come on and talk about it. Because I'm like, I'm looking at the videos, going like, this is super cool. And you know, every time I think of maybe, maybe we're getting a little too far to the one side or whatever. We're, we've got our tinfoil hats way too on. Then I go, but where are all the mainstream media when it comes to this giant protest on? Germany, the, the the one interview had the guy saying it is Europe's 
busiest highway, not only Germany's, but Europe's. And they're shutting it down to one lane. I'm like, the Autobahn. I'm like, come on. Like, like where is the, where is the journalism uh, going on here? So I guess uh, we got to find a way to get, uh, get somebody from over there to come on the podcast. We got to talk about this. So if you want some positive side, go watch those videos. Those videos will fill you with some hope. You know, yep. there's, there's the, the farmers and the truckers uniting and shutting things down. You're like, pretty cool. But yes, to your original point, we are squaring up the uh, um, sponsors for 2024 for the mashup. Do it. Do it. it. These are great guys, and they'll get you great coverage. That's right. Thanks, man. All right, boys. Mashup 88 in the books. We'll catch you next week for 89. What is that? Sam Gagne? Is that Sam Gagne? Mr. Eight Points in One Game? I think it might be. Uh, That was... um, That was... Ifrady did no, he didn't do that. Who did no? Um, the uh, Islanders in the seventies. That guy had eight points in one game. Um, ah, uh, uh, don't do this to me right at the end of the show. I was just talking about him. I was actually just talking about him at the show. And I'm spacing had... on all the Islanders. This isn't this isn't good. Like this is what a terrible way to end a show. Okay, well maybe don't don't set me up for it next time then. New York Islander. Bossy. No, not way before Bossy. Way before Bossy. With eight point game. Way before Trottier. 89 is Alexander Mogilny. That's the. Oh, it's so cute that you're so new to this. (laughs) 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 It's funny. These Nordiques, yeah. Uh, New York Islanders, Brian Trache in 78 had eight points. Uh, oh, maybe it was Trache. I think it was Trache. Man, you, you look at it. Here's some, here's some trivia for, for the, uh, the Islanders dominated in the seventies for, for the, the listener. There has been, um, scoring number considered goal feed has happened only 16 times by 13 players. So 16 times it's happened and um by 13 players. Who's on who's on the list twice? Any guesses? Uh well, Gretzky'll be on the list twice. Okay, that's one. Gretzky's on there twice. Who's Messier. who's another? Nope. No. Nope. There's another guy who's on it uh one three different times. He did it in October 15th, 1988. Uh December 31st, 1988. And April 25th, 1989. Are you kidding me? He had three eight-goal games in one season. Uh, Yeah, in the playoffs. That would have been in the playoffs. Mario Lemieux. That's a wild stat. There you go. Mm. And Sam, and nobody's done it since the 80s. So 89 was the last year, Mario Lemieux, until Sam Gagne did it in 2012. There you go. And I watched that game, folks. And to all you Flames fans, woo! And um, every time he touched the puck, it went in the net. It was an insane night. Insane night. We didn't have much to talk about back in 2012. Speaking uh, of 2012. Early. Is, er, sorry. No, fire away. This is the only hockey trivia, like how I, because it was the year I was moving in. So I moved here in 2013 and I didn't know any of the players. I move into the Calgary area. So I'm going to adopt Calgary as my home team. And I'm like, well, I want to buy a jersey. Whose jersey do I want to buy? It would be pretty stereotypical. Enough. 
to, to buy Aginlas because like everybody had an Aginla jersey. So on the leaflet to buy tickets for the Calgary Flames was the Brian McGratton salute. And I'm like, that guy. Um, so that is so far the only hockey jersey that I still own and wear uh, to Flames games is uh, is Brian McGratton's. I've never, uh, I mean, like I've never had uh, somebody else's name and number on a jersey. Although I'm thinking I should get a Riders jersey with uh, number two 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 on the back and the name Minutes on the top. Oh, nice. you've never had a jersey with a name on the back, other than mine? No. Wow. You know, you're oh, teasing. No, wait, no, you're wait. teasing I Tarek had... about him being new to this. You've never I had a name had... on the back of your jersey. What? What do you? Some I, I picked up a Patriots stuff. jersey, Value Village, that had somebody on it way back in the day. Okay, so I'm going to answer Earl Wally here. He says, "Bossy, Bossy is not on the list." I don't know. Maybe we should be doing hockey trivia at the end of these. This is. I tell you what, this is this is fun. Here, here's the complete list. Okay, uh, Earl Wally said, "Bossy Trottier. Uh Brian Trottier is on the list. Uh, Mike Bossy is not. Here they are. Maurice Richard scored eight in 1944. Bert Olmsted for the Montreal Canadiens. Both uh, Maurice Richard was Montreal Canadiens as well. Yeah, by the way, in, in 40s and 50s, that's huge. So 10 years later in 54, Bert Olmsted. Then you got to wait till 76. Daryl Sittler with the Leafs. He did it uh, in 76. Then in 77, Tom Bladen with the Flyers. In 78, Brian Trotre with the Islanders. In 81, there was two guys, both for Quebec, Peter Stastny and Anton Stastny. They did it uh, both on the same night. Sisters, both on the same night. Yeah. Was it a double header? How about this? February twenty second, nineteen eighty one. Two two two, two two two. Uh, Wayne Gretzky in November of eighty three. Wayne Gretzky in January of eighty four. Paul Coffey in eighty six. Patrick Sundstrom uh, for the New Jersey Devils in eighty eight. Mario Lemieux in 88. You get eight fucking goals. That guy could barely even. No, 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 not eight goals. Eight points. Eight points. points. Eight points. He had uh, two goals, six assists. The guy could barely even skate. (laughs) Bernie Nichols for the Los Angeles Kings in 88. Mario Lemieux in 88 and 89. And finally, Sam Gagne in 2012. I tell you what, you got a little bonus coverage here at the end of 88. You know, you knew the Big E was going to give us something here at the end. Why not? The eight-point game, talking about eighty-nine. You know, there you go. Mashup eighty-eights in the box. Get out of here, folks. Twos, Tarek. We'll catch up to you guys next week. Thank you, gentlemen, guys.